Hey, Speakeasy listeners, it's the Strategy Series. Minisodes that give you an actionable shot in the arm on marketing, media, and management. Grab a cocktail or not, here we go. Hey, listeners, it's our Strategy Series, and this time I get to ask Karen some questions about edutainment. What is edutainment? It's been around since the 1950s, and it really is a combination of two words, education and entertainment. And um, when education experts realized that entertainment was a way to get education to stick in young children, uh, they really started playing with the medium and blending it more. So Sesame Street is a really accessible and familiar version of that, but so is cooking shows like Cooking with Rachel Ray or even um, Happy Little Trees with Bob Ross So uh, when you're painting. So those are just ways that you're learning something, you're absorbing information, but you're doing it in a way that is um, entertaining. And so there's better retention. That approach is something that we're seeing a lot more with our clients. The dawn of YouTubers certainly made people very comfortable with the format. Um, It helps people develop a relationship with their audience. They're speaking right to people. And um, certainly we're seeing it even more with things like TikTok. The big difference, um, though, is that early content creators like like a Sesame Street, because they're professional content creators and they have researchers on staff and experts on staff, you automatically could trust their content because it was on air, on broadcast. And now the onus is really on the viewers for deciding what's true and what's not because anybody could publish on TikTok or on YouTube and other platforms. And so now the onus is on we as an audience to decide as we're consuming this edutainment whether or not it's valid and whether we find true or not. So we have to be careful. But most of all, it really connects with an audience. It's often very personality driven, just like you would take a recommendation from a friend over a cold recommendation. Um, Establishing that relationship allows um, recommendations or other education information to, to penetrate more deeply. It's always packed with a lot of really great information, but it's not ever intended to be overwhelming. So especially like when I mentioned TikTok, those, the format has gotten quite short, 15 seconds, 60 seconds. Um, so you're never really getting too much at once. And certainly, as the name implies, edutainment is entertaining. This um, is so interesting to me. <laughs> having just binged a whole season of This Old House from PBS, I'm sitting here listening to you thinking, everything on PBS is edutainment. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And also having spent way too much time on TikTok, I can see exactly where you're going with this. It's 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 really everywhere in our culture right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the entertainment factor is really what keeps you from scrolling or keeps you from turning the dial. Um, that's an old-fashioned phrase. Um, <laughs> because as long as you're engaged, your message continues to penetrate. You, your Your message continues to get through. And, you know, edutainment's really easy to access, uh, just like the platforms I've already, you know, mentioned, anybody can publish. And so, um, you know, with TikTok at, I don't know, 600 million, you know, users, uh, YouTube is certainly practically infinite. <laughs> um, you know, it's a really accessible way for content creators to reach their audiences. So it's something that we're recommending. It's an approach that we're recommending for our clients right now um, when it's the right uh, fit. Um, so it's something that people should really be considering. 
How does a client know if it's right for them? Well, I have a lo- I actually have a lot of questions. How does a client know when that's the right strategy to do? How do they pick and choose how they're going to handle it? And are there certain industries for whom this is a better tactic than other industries? Um, so the jury for me is still out on whether there are industries that I would just say no to, because for example, let's take the nonprofit space that you and I are both so familiar with. And we have so many clients in at first I was, I was kind of thinking that it wasn't appropriate, but I think there are certain marketing functions inside of the nonprofit world where building a campaign around a personality makes a ton of sense. Organ donation. You need to build a relationship with people to make sure that they are on board with that story and giving them facts, I think is a really great way to have people understand the difference that it makes and how you can be a part of that difference. So while I wouldn't say that building, using that type of approach makes sense for all nonprofits, I think that there are functions inside of the nonprofits that it makes sense for. But I do I do think that any, even a larger corporation, think about what it is at the end of the day that they're trying to impart and allow that thought leadership to come through, but do it in a way, it doesn't always have to be fun or whimsical, but do it in a way that's really, really clear and uh, build it so that it's a little fun. And that might not mean that the personality who is delivering the content has to be fun, but the graphics could be fun. The graphics could be entertaining. Um, The engagement, there's a lot of data that says that the engagement when uh, videos like this are open captioned uh, makes people slow down and actually start reading instead of scrolling. So it's really interesting to kind of watch the science of learning what works and what doesn't work kind of evolve. That's so interesting. And it's it's interesting for you to say that it doesn't always have to be fun because, you know, starting out with the example of Sesame Street feels very entertainment and frivolous and goofy and made for kids. And what I'm hearing you say is, is edutainment isn't just for kids. It doesn't have to be goofy or youthful or any of those things in order to be effective for an organization, right? Right. Uh, an example of, uh, of a really effective piece of edutainment that isn't just for kids, but the, the gaming world is really into sharing knowledge. That's just a, that's a community that's really generous with, um, with their information. They're not always exciting or fun or funny, but it's about, Hey, these are some facts about this particular game that you might want to know. Um, and it's entertaining because you start to develop a relationship with that person and you and you want more content. When it comes to edutainment, is there a lot of scripting involved or figuring out how to get that content out there for your clients or do you sort of let it flow? How does that work? I, th- I think, and I've actually done some research on um, some of the top TikTokers and even when you're consuming their edutainment, it seems like they just, you know, hopped out of bed and started letting you know something or they're sitting at their kitchen table and they're talking to you, trying foods from different countries, but it is incredibly scripted. It is incredibly planned. They know that in order to, to have the algorithm work for them, that they have to post at least once a day, if not twice a day, that they are scripting, that they're planning content, that they're able to get the resources they need to interact with if that's part of their content. And think about things like makeup tutorials or food videos. Like those are the things that I really, I mean, I'm not a huge makeup person, but I love looking at tutorials for things and that's all very planned. So even when you're consuming it and it seems very off the cuff, it's not. Oh my gosh, this is very interesting. I'm glad we talked about this topic. 
uh, I think you wrote about this on your website. Is that right? It is. You can go and find it at renderstudios.com forward slash insight. Thank you, Karen. So smart. Thanks, Jen.